When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. This is Brad Shattuck, your host. And this episode is the characteristics of BPD and the fights that go along with it. And this episode is based on my experience on how my arguments used to be with my wife when she had full-blown BPD. And um, compared to now where her BPD is in uh, remission. And um, I think it's a good comparison um, to realize the difference... Um, and the, the things that have changed since she's done 180 and the things that haven't changed um, when it comes to the characteristics of her um, when an argument arises. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Let's get on with the episode. Everybody, thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. This is Brad Chaddock, your host. Um, before I get on with this episode, I just want to say I sometimes I write notes down and sometimes I don't. Um, sometimes I just um, go ahead and <laughs> just rattle off. But I did write some notes down. Not that they're really in any particular order. It's just uh, I kind of wrote things down so I don't forget to mention some things. So if it feels like I'm jumping around. Um, it's in no particular order, so I apologize for that. If I remember um, where I've jumped around, I'll apologize and try to get back to it. But um, anyways, what this episode is about is, um, like I said, the characteristics of somebody who has BPD during an argument. And the reason I say during an argument is especially, I, I've learned a lot more about 
someone with BPD, um, especially, you know, living with my wife of, you know, having BPD full-blown since 2012, and just um, six months ago, um, May of 2022, uh, she's done a 180, and like I said, um, you know, the last few episodes have talked about that, um, not fully aware of, you know, what did change and what, you know, made her do a 180, um, and I've got some, you know, hypotheses, but, you know, um, there's no 100% <laughs> way of defining, you know, or, you know, coming to terms on what, you know, enabled her to do a 180, um, but, Anyways, so, but it does allow me to do a lot of comparisons, um, of different things, like, you know, how her relationship is now, how things are so much better, um, you know, the things she doesn't do anymore, uh, she doesn't have her delusions anymore, she, um, you know, back in the past, I just, you know, would glance over, and if a woman happened to be standing there, you know, and, you know, most people with jealousy would be like, you know, you're looking at her, it wasn't just that, it was, I wasn't only looking at her, I secretly have a relationship with her. Um, sometimes I've had a baby with her. Um, as a secret relationship. Um, you know, I mean, there's a full story behind, you know, stuff like that. I'm sure a lot of you are probably giggling going, oh my God, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. But, you know, none of that stuff happens anymore. Um, which is a godsend because I love my wife more than the air that I breathe. And any of you who have listened to my episodes know I, I love her more than life, and it, life has just gotten so much better, you know, we're going on 36 years being together, and life with her is just so wonderful now, it's amazing, she is the woman that I did fall in love with, the woman I've always loved, but 10 times more, it's just every day is more enjoyable, each day, it's almost like having a new relationship, um, but anyways, like I said, you know, if you know your person who has BPD, you know that particular person has certain characteristics during a fight. They act a certain way. And um, one of my episodes way back, I said um, it was called um, When They Fight It's Like a Broken Record. Um, and I got a lot of emails on that episode. And a lot of people related and said, boy, that's exactly how my person is. It's like a broken record. They say the same thing. You know, you could be fighting about um, not feeding the dog. And they're going to bring up, you know... Um, uh, you know, infidelity, you know, from 10 years ago, or, um, how they hate that you're a mama's boy, or, you know, anything that's completely irrelevant to the fight, and, um, or even if it's, um, you know, uh, my, my wife used to have a lot of delusions, and we'd have a full-blown argument because of her delusions, you know, it, there'd be times that she would just get a whiff of, like, you know, we, we're living in a house by ourselves out in the middle of the woods, um, you know, neighbors are, you know, 1,500 feet, you know, on each side of us, she'd get a small smell of, like, perfume, and, what, are you hiding women in the basement, and, what, what are you talking about, and we turn into a cue-blown fight, but, um, you know, so, the only way you're gonna have an argument with somebody with BPD, or I should say, not saying you, the only reason they will have an argument with you is, one, either something legitimate, a legitimate reason for an argument, or, because of BPD, they may have a delusion or hallucination and have an argument over that or something due to BPD. Something that's, you know, um, just irrelevant or, you know, out of the blue. 
that's just how BPD is. Now, again, like with all my episodes, if I'm, I'm basing everything on my experience with my wife. Now, yes, it's a lot of work. If you have somebody with BPD, it's a lot of work. You know, some people are like, you know, this isn't worth it. I'm done with this. Well, you know what? You have that right. And if that's the way you feel, then get out of it. You're only hurting yourself, and you're not making the other person any better by sticking in the relationship. You know, and if it's one of those, I don't want to be with them, but I don't want them being with anybody else. That's cruel. It's cruel and unusual punishment. Let them go. If you don't really love them, let them go. You're not going to be able to cure them. You know, the reason you should stay with them is like the reason I stay with my wife. I loved her. And I made the decision and told everybody. You know, everybody would tell me, she's not going to change. She's not going to be cured. Move on. Find somebody else. I don't want to find somebody else. I fully knew, you know, it's almost like, you know, if you're with somebody, especially if you're married, you say for sickness and in health. Sickness doesn't mean, always mean a, a physical ailment. It could, you know, mental sickness. It doesn't have to be something physical. Everybody just assumes, you know, it's sickness and in health. You know, if they get cancer or if they, um, you know, become a paraplegic. But what about if they get a mental disorder and they turn into somebody you don't even recognize anymore? And that's what happened to my wife. She literally became somebody I didn't know anymore. She was a complete stranger. She was my worst enemy. But I loved her so much that I finally made the decision whether she stays like this forever, I'm going to stick by her. Yeah, I know I'm going to be uh, mentally abused and my life is going to suck. I'm always going to walk on, walk on eggshells. There's going to be fights for no reason. I'm going to be accused of all kinds of things. You know, there's only going to be, you know, one-tenth of love to nine-tenths of hate and suffering. But I love her that much. And I vowed to be with her to that's the best part that I was willing to do that. Luckily, I was blessed with six months ago of her doing a 180. And it's been wonderful since then. And I think it's going to stay this way. And if it doesn't, again, I'll stay with her and I'll love her. So I'm hoping to God that she stays this way. But if not... I'll still stay with her. I, I pray to God that it stays this way. And I'll take advantage of every day. And, you know, taking it as a blessing. So in case it doesn't last. But anyways, again, with the characteristics of somebody when they're in a fight. Now, before my wife was in full-blown BPD. Whether it was um, a, fought, a fight that she started because of a delusion or hallucination. Or, you know, a false thought. Um, or it was a legitimate fight. Again, like I said, it would usually start off with the topic at hand. If it was a delusion, you know, uh, you got women living in the basement. It'd be an argument about that. You know, you're dirty, you got women in the basement, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And then it would go on to other things. You know, you're a mama's boy and then bring up things from 20 years ago and 10 years ago. And every fight, it would be the same thing. They hit the topic at hand and then it goes off same things as always it was like a broken record I could almost you know just record a fight and then the next time just hit play and it'd be the same thing so and then like I said if it was a legitimate argument then again it would be the topic at hand and then it would still go off into you know random stupid things that were completely irrelevant it was just a way for them to you know get these things off their chest um not one time but every time so I've had um Episodes where I've done specifically just on that subject about the arguments. Um, now, the other thing is, like I said, 
the characteristics of them when they're in an argument, you got to understand something, and you all know this just as well, and you can't deny it. It is not them. It is not that person you love. Because they say these things for one reason, one reason only, to hurt you. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, they say them to get them off their chest, but their main objective is to let you know that hurt me, and I'm going to make sure that I hurt you. And they're going to say things. They're going to touch you, the deepest secrets you've told them or um, uh, any embarrassing things or anything that you ever told them that you wish they would never tell anybody. They're going to use it against you. They will touch any button of any way, any anyhow, no matter how secret or deep or, or um, you know, um, touching it is. They're going to hit those buttons, and they just want to hurt, 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 hurt. They want to stick those claws in, bite their teeth, and just bite down. They want it to hurt. Now, obviously, you know, with somebody with BPD, you can't, there's no rationalize, rationalizing with them. Um, there just is, there isn't. They say what they want to say, and it's almost like they have their ears blocked. They're not going to listen to anything you say. The only thing they are looking for is they want to see the emotion of hurt. They want to know that you're hurt. Now, if you fight back, obviously, it's going to make it worse. You're fighting fire with fire. When you fight back with somebody with BPD in a full-blown split in an argument, you know all you're doing is you're throwing gasoline on the fire. That's all you're doing. It's not going to make it better. It's not going to wind it down. It's only going to fuel the fire. That's all it does. And by you getting upset, you know, some people say, well, I don't care. I have that right to get upset and let them know. Okay, yeah, you do. But is it doing any good? You know, the old saying is, you know, you can do, by doing the same thing all the time and not changing it, you know, you're not going to get a different result. You, you know, it's going to be the same. If you keep doing the same thing, getting the same result, you got to change something, get a different result. It's, you know, you can't keep doing the same exact thing and expect a different result. You just can't. And with BPD, it's, it's. That's like one of the main principles. Um, you know it as well as I do. I've tried a million times. And, you know, everybody thinks I'm different or my partner's different or I'm a little smarter. I think I have the secret way of rationalizing with them and calming them down. Well, if anybody has, let me know because I'll tell you, I've tried. I've said that a million times and it never works. I didn't want to believe it either. I said, no, I'm different. I love my wife unconditionally. And because I love her so deeply, she'll listen to me. No, they don't. They don't. They're a completely different person. They can be the most loving, trusting, caring, uh, compassionate person. But when they're in a split, they're a completely different person. We're talking Satan or Satan. Heaven, hell, black, white, hot, cold. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. It's, uh-uh. No, and my wife literally turns from Mother Teresa to Satan himself. Um, it's amazing. And so again, with my experience, again, this is my experience from learning when she was uh, full-blown BPD um, at its worst and to now where she's done a 180. Now, I'll say one thing. The argument portion of her hasn't changed that much. That's one thing I got to say. The characteristics of somebody with BPD during an argument seems to be completely different. So I've noticed that still kind of stays the same. She still looks for that hurt. Um, and I think it's mainly because that's, she's done it for so long 
that's all she knows how to do. So she is kind of conditioned, she kind of conditioned herself to be that way. You know, um, whether she thinks she's going to win the argument or not, it doesn't matter. She just wants to hurt. Because you got to understand, they are, they have such a uh, hard way of dealing with emotions that the only thing they know how to do is just hurt, fight. You know, they don't have the, the capability that most of us do with dealing with emotions. They, you know, they immediately split. And like my wife, when she gets stressed and overwhelmed, that's when she splits. And it can be just be, here's an example. One time we were in the basement, we were cleaning up and kind of boxing things up. And uh, she kind of had a certain system. And I was trying to explain to her an easier way of doing it. And actually having her do less work and I was going to do more of it. But because I completely confused her and like tore her system apart, it overwhelmed her. She got stressed. She started throwing everything around and said, F this. I'm done with it. And like walked away. I'm like, wait a minute. I was going to be doing more of the work. You do less of it. Make it easier. But it's because she didn't know how to deal with the emotion. And because she was stressed and overwhelmed, that's how she deals with it. She splits. And she went right into a BPD rage, you know, and the next day she did apologize, but that doesn't change the fact they have a very hard time of dealing with their emotions. They don't know how to deal with them. So what do they do? They deflect, they split, you know, um, that's just their way of doing it. You know, bringing up things that are irrelevant, is a way of deflecting it and kind of, you know, like some people, um, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics, you know, when they're going through a stressful um, time or a, s a situation, they get high or drunk. People say, well, the problem's still going to be there when you come down or when you sober up. But at that time, that's the best way to deal with it. You don't have to deal with it. Um, or you deal with it in a different frame of mind. It's a way of deflecting it. It's putting it off. And um, that's the same thing they do. You know, their rages and splitting is almost their way of getting high um, and get, or getting drunk. And the problem's still going to be there. We still have to clean the basement. But for that time, she didn't know how to deal with the emotion. So she split and um, it got put off and the next day it, it got done. But that's almost like their way of getting high. Um, but anyways, so like I was saying, you, you got to kind of know your person. Like I said, I'm going to try to look for my notes here. And like I said, they're in, <laughs> it's like in no particular order. And as I was writing down notes, I was remembering certain things. So, I apologize if it sounds like I'm jumping around, but bottom line is, at least I'm going to try to get my points across. You know, so like I said, there's only two reasons that your person is going to argue with you. Either number one, it's a legitimate reason to argue. Um, and even if it's a, you know how it is too. Like I said, with people with BPD, it's, um, it's high, low, black, white, yes, no, hot, cold. There's no middle ground. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. It's one or the other. And, you know, it's never just a little argument. It can be the small thing, like, you forgot to feed the cat today. It's going to turn into a raging fit. And then they're going to bring up, you know, a ton of things that are relevant to hurt you. It's never a little argument. It's always going to be horrible over the littlest thing. So that's why we all cringe when it comes to an argument with our person with BPD. Because it's never a simple, you know, um, <laughs> a simple disagreement it's a full-blown fight um the other reason would be like i said with my wife a lot of times it was with her delusions or hallucinations um or false thoughts so those are pretty much going to be the only two reasons that you're going to have an argument with them now 
obviously, if you've had enough arguments and you know your person enough, you're going to know usually the things that they're going to say over and over. With my wife, it was always, um, you know, back um, when we were, you know, way before we were married, you know, we both had some, um, you know, relationships that were not infidelious, but, you know, we broke up for like a week and, you know, I was seeing somebody else or she would see somebody else, but you got to understand a lot of times too, people with BPD, it's almost like, um, do as I say, not as I can do, you know, even though they've done bad things, they're going to break things about you. Again, it's about deflecting, you know, they know they've done wrong things, but it's all about the things you did, you know, and if you bring up things that they did, they're not going to listen. They're just focusing on hurting you. It's not about them. It's about hurting you, 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 you. It's all about deflecting. It's, they're protecting themselves by hurting you. The more hurt they can inflict on you, um, that's their, you know, way of release. And so, if you know your person enough, and you know, um, or at least my wife, I'm not kidding, uh, like 100 fights, I would say probably, oh my God, I'm not kidding, 90 out of 100 fights, the same things are being brought up. Whether it has to do with not feeding the cat, or... Um, um, or I didn't do any housework at all and fucked off and got drunk, which I didn't do. I'm just saying it could be the worst thing I did or the simplest, stupidest little thing. She would still bring up, you know, her mama's boy, um, you know, or, you know, you had, you had, uh, this stupid bitch you were with, you know, 20 years ago. It was the same things over and over and over. I could like write down on a piece. Of, I did it one time actually to tease her and it, it wasn't funny, but to prove to her, I wrote down like 10 different things that she was going to bring up. And after the fight, I showed her the paper. I go, look, I wrote this down before we were fighting. And look, I guessed all these things you were going to bring up. Do you think she used it as a tool or anything? She said, yes. Yeah. So and she didn't think anything of it. That it was pretty bad that I could say 10 things that she was going to bring up. But my point being, if you know them enough, and you'll know the things they're going to bring up. Um, There's one thing I'm not going to say. Don't worry about defending yourself. Because the other thing with BPD, they're, it's one-sided. They're going to do everything. That, they're going to say what they want to say. They're not going to listen to anything you have to say. It's all about them. I'm going to say what I want to say. I want to hurt you. I have no interest in what you're going to say. There's no rationalization. So it's almost like a one-sided fight. So, yes, I can sit here and say all, all that I want. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. It fucking hurts. When they say some things, it really hurts. You want to say, listen, bitch. You know, number one, like I said, that's what they want. They want to see you react that way because that lets them know ah, I'm hurting them. I'm making them angry. So if you do that, that's only giving them satisfaction. If you want to dissatisfy them and not make them happy about hurting you, the best thing is to keep quiet. I'm, I'm serious because when you show emotion, that lets them know it's working. And, and, and that, that gives them satisfaction. Do you really want to give somebody satisfaction that they're hurting you? You know, it's almost like walking over and saying, you know what? You hurt me really bad. Congratulations. You, you know, what you did very evilly, wor uh, very evil worked. And that's what you're doing. You're congratulating them by uh, getting upset and fighting back. It's letting them know it works. And what that does is obviously we're all creatures of habit. They're creatures of habit. And if they don't get you upset, they're going to keep doing that. And the, and the things that they bring up all the time, the reason they're bringing up all the time, because they never hurt you every time. <laughs> Otherwise... Why would they do it every time? They're not doing it every time to see if they can get a reaction. They're doing it every time because they got a reaction. And they have a damn good memory. You know it as well as I do. They remember everything. Especially when it comes to what works for them. So, um, 
what I'm trying to say is if you're already prepared. Like, I would know if, if I didn't feed the cat, my wife's going to bring up that I'm a mama's boy. I already know what she's going to bring it up because she know it hurts me when she says that. It's not so much that she's jealous because I had a good relationship with my mom and she didn't. She's doing it because, yes, yeah, she's jealous, but also she knows it hurts me because she knows I love my mother. And it hurts me when she says that because it's like teasing. So I know she's going to bring it up. So if I know she's going to bring it up, why am I going to get upset? Why am I going to try to defend it? Not going to do any good. So what I'm trying to say to you is if you already know they're going to do it, they're not really doing it intentionally. How uh, do I want to say it? If that person is a loving, caring, compassionate person that you really love, you know they really don't mean these things. This is the disorder. It's like if they have cancer and they're going through chemotherapy. You know chemotherapy makes them tired. It makes them ill. They throw up a lot. They lose their hair. If they keep throwing up, you, you, you know they're going to throw up. You expect it. You know, you're not going to sit there and yell at them like, what the fuck? Why are you throwing up? I mean, seriously. That's just a part of it. You're not going to tease them, make fun of them. You actually almost feel bad for them. And the same thing. You almost feel bad that this good person who's very loving and compassionate, this disorder is making them say evil, disgusting, hurtful things. And it's almost sad in a way. And I used to say that to my wife. And this, this is one of the things I want to say. Is after they get everything out and let them blow off their steam. Because like I said, by you butting in and trying to defend yourself, number one, all you're doing is you're feeding fuel to the fire. You're making the, um, the, the, the you're prolonging um, the fight to, to be over. You're just extending it. You're making it longer. What I'm trying to say is you already know they're going to say this stuff. Let them just get it out. Number one, if you try to defend yourself, all you're doing is one thing. You're letting them know they're getting satisfaction because they're making you hurt. Let them blow off all this steam. Let them just get it out. Try to ignore it if you can, but just let them get it out. And then when they're done, say, you know what the saddest part is? You're such a love. And this is what I, I said to my wife one time, and she really looked at me. I said, you are such a loving, caring, compassionate, kind, and loving person. I go, we go by as homeless people. One time, she actually told me to go to Family Dollar, and we picked out $50 worth of stuff for this homeless guy standing on the corner asking for money. We bought him a scarf, gloves, uh, some food, jacket, um, a throw blanket, a whole bunch of stuff. And she made me go back and give it to the guy. And I said, you know, this is how you are. You, you're such a kind-hearted person. You help homeless people, people you don't even know. You, you're such a caring person. I, I told her before, I said, you've got more kindness in your little finger than some people have in their whole body. And I said, but the saddest part is, this disorder makes you say the meanest, most horrible, hurtful, disgusting things that I wouldn't even expect out of my worst enemy. And to hear it come out of somebody's mouth who's so caring, lovable, and mind, I add, sexy and gorgeous, it's sad. It's almost so sad I want to cry. Not because the words are hurtful, but it, that it can come out of your mouth. And I don't hate you. I hate the disorder. Because the disorder makes you do things that is not you. That's not part of you. That is not who you are. You're not a mean, cruel, hurtful person at all. Not to me. Not to anybody. But knowing when we're arguing that you could actually treat a homeless person 100 times better than me, that's what's sad. Because that's not you. And... I could never hate you for having a disorder that makes you act this way. That'd be like me hating you because you have cancer and you're throwing up because of the chemotherapy. I could never do that. It's just like I could never hate you for this disorder. I understand it's not your fault. It doesn't excuse 
or make up for the hurtful things you say. Because I'll be honest with you, it hurts. It hurts really bad. And it sucks. And I'll tell you, I won't let you see me cry. But there was many times that I go in another room and I cry. Because it does hurt. But worst of all, to see somebody who's so kind and caring say those hurtful, disgusting things. It's like a side of you that is, is not you. It's almost like another person comes out. And that by saying that many times, it really got to her. And a couple of times she broke down and she said, I don't mean to say those things. And she started crying. She's like, I don't like saying those hurtful things to you because I know I've heard you cry before. And then it made me cry, and I didn't want you knowing that I was crying. But I'm too embarrassed to apologize. And also, by apologizing, they're admitting guilt. You know, if you say, I'm sorry, you're basically saying, I did wrong. So, they don't like to admit that they were wrong, because when they fight with you, they feel they have that right. Even if it's something in their head, they believed it, and to them it's true, and they had that right to have an argument over something they believed was true may seem weird to us, but that's reality to them. And if none of us can accept that and understand that's just the way it is, you shouldn't be with that person. Just like if you were with somebody with cancer and saying, listen, it makes me sick. They throw up all the time and I get to smell it. I get to deal with them, puke on them. You know, if you can't deal with it, then leave. I'm sorry you made a bow and a promise that, you know, sickness and health are just the worst part, but you know what? Suck your words back up, swallow them, hope you choke on them, and leave. You don't, they don't deserve you. It's not that you don't deserve them. They don't deserve you, and you don't deserve them. You know, can you imagine if you got cancer and they just abandoned you because you, can you imagine how you'd feel? But, you know, it's okay. Do as I say, not as I do. So, it, it, it's not fair. Um, you know, like I said, listen, we're all human. <laughs> And when somebody says something hurtful to us, our natural reaction, you know, is to fight back and defend ourselves. Or even if you're not going to defend yourselves, to um, attack them back. You know, back in the day, you know, my wife would, you know, say something like, you're a mama's boy. And I would say to her, you're just jealous because your mother never says she loves you. And, you know, you have no relationship with her. So you're just jealous because I have a relationship with my mother. So I would cheese her back. You know, you fight fire with fire. The times that it would really hurt me is... I would try to hurt her more than she hurt me, and I would say some things that would really make her cry. And that hurt me because I didn't want to make her cry. I was just trying to see, have her see how it feels. And it killed me when I would see her cry, and then I'd start crying. And then I would say, see, this is what happens. You do this, and then I fight back. So again, that's how it would be for a while. Again, we never talked about it, and she would fight, say hurtful things, and I'd say it back. And then one of us would end up crying. Well, again, by doing the same thing all the time and expecting a different result, that's exactly how it was. It was, it was the same thing all the time. It was the same result. One of us ended up crying. I wouldn't talk for a couple of days, and it just repeated over and over and over. So that's when I started doing these steps by letting her get it all out. And then, you know, they they're gonna expect you to, you know, fight back. That's just everybody's natural reaction. And she was very surprised when I actually said, you know what's sad? The saddest part of this whole thing is, not that you said all these hurtful things to me, but coming out of somebody's mouth who's so kind, lovable, would help a homeless person that you've never met, you'd give your last dollar to a homeless person. And if that one dollar, if you were starving, 
and you had that one dollar to help a homeless person, you'd give it to them and say, you know what? I still have the ability to have somewhere to go to eat. They don't. And you'd give it to them. But to see somebody so kind-hearted, lovable, beautiful, and sexy, to have the most disgusting, dirty mouth, and it can say the most hurtful, gross, and disgusting things, it makes you look like a dirty, cheap whore. It's what it looks like. And it's just, it's not you. That's not you. And if somebody met you and just heard how you talk, they would think the worst things about you. They would say, that person helps homeless people? That's a lovable, caring, compassionate person? Are you kidding me? But, see, I know the difference. And that's why it kills me to see that stuff coming out of you. And you know what? But it makes me love you more because I feel bad that you have a disorder that makes you act that way. Having a disorder that makes you act that way, I feel bad for you. And that's why I don't leave. And that's why you've asked me so many times, why do you put up with me? Why do you stay around and say so many hurtful things to you? Why? Because I feel bad and I love you. And it's not your fault you have the disorder. You know, it doesn't excuse the hurtful things you say, but I also know that you can't control it. But maybe if you know how much I love you, maybe you can try to overcome it a little bit as much as you possibly can. I won't use it against you if you can't, but maybe you just promise me you'll try a little bit harder. That that would really mean a lot to me. So you can't, during the argument, you can't talk rationally with them. You know you can't. With, with anybody, especially with somebody with BPD. So, like I said, try to ignore it. Let them get it all out. Let them go wild. Get, let them get tired. Their mind's going to get tired, and they're physically going to get tired. They're going to get wound out. So, when they're done, that's when you talk. But like I said, you also have to remember, your tone and your body language is going to say more than your words. Just like they said, they've proven it before. If you tell a dog, come here, boy, and your voice, come here, boy, he's going to come to you, and he's going to wag his tail. But if you go, come here, boy, now, come here, he's going to cower down. It's on the tone and how you present it. And your body language, too, if you're hopping around, waving and flaring your arms around, they're going to feel threatened, or they're going to feel very, you know, defensible. If you talk in a calm, rational voice, sit down when you talk. Don't stand over them, because if you stand over them, they're going to make you feel like they're like you're above them. And if you say it too demanding, you're going to sound very commanding or you're trying to be in control. People with BPD don't like to be controlled. Nobody likes to be, be in control or have a controlling person. So don't make them feel threatened. Don't make them feel like they're being controlled. Don't make them feel like they have to. When you sit, try to have them sit in the open area and you sit against the wall. By having them sit against the wall and you in front of them, they're going to feel cornered. And that alone makes them feel threatened. Make sure the atmosphere is open. Make sure you don't feel them trapped or in a corner. You know, don't try to get in their face. Give them some space. Don't make them feel threatened. Don't be commanding and demanding. Be lovable with your words. Show that you're caring. Don't talk like you're frustrated um, or that you're mad, angry, hurt, or anything. Keep a very neutral voice. But also compassion in your voice. Let them know that you really care, that you're saying it, that you care about them. Don't make it about you, make it about them. Like I say to my wife, you are a good person. You're compassionate. Don't sit there and say, it hurts me. You know, when you say those things, it kills me. Me. Don't do the me, 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 me. Make it about them. Because you know BPD, with people with BPD, it's always about them. So let's make it about them. You're a good person. Make it about them. Them, 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 them. That's how they understand things. So if you make it about them, 
you're giving them gratitude, you're giving them, you know, honors. And you know what they're going to say? I just burned this person so bad. I threw daggers at them. I hurt them. But yet, he's sitting here telling me how much he loves me. What a nice person I am. This guy must really love me. I must be a good person. You know, that's when you're going to get them to listen. Is when they expect most people would fight back and yell at them. Say dirty things back to them. And here you are being compassionate, caring, and understanding. It's going to make a difference. That's what I said. You can't do the same thing all the time and expect a different result. So if you fight back all the time, what are you going to get? You're going to get them to fight back. When they're in a rage, they're not going to listen to any rationalization. They're not going to listen. Even if you try to say, whoa, 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 listen. You're a caring, kind, compassionate person. Why are you saying these dirty things? They're not going to listen to you. Wait until they're done. And like I said, if you know them enough, you know the things they're going to say, when they're out of those things to say, and you know when the argument is done, or you know when the argument's about to be done, let it wind up. Now, like I said before, what do you get to lose? And if you say, I've tried this before, it doesn't work. Okay, so you've also tried yelling back and it worked too. you got to keep trying this method. I'm not going to say it worked the first time. I don't even think it worked the second or third fourth time. But after a while, they actually start feeling embarrassed. Because they're like, every time I try to hurt this guy, all he does is tell me how nice, beautiful, sexy, kind, and compassionate I am. And that they hate this sword or not me. They're going to start feeling embarrassed. And they're going to also start thinking when they go to do this stuff again, obviously he's going to know this stuff is fake. So why am I saying it? He's going to know it's not me. And all he's going to do is tell me how kind and compassionate I am afterwards. I started doing those things over and over. And now when we have an argument, I'm going to be honest with you. We have an argument. It's still a kind of, not a full-blown BPD argument, but... Her characteristics is still there. It's still going to take some uh, unconditioning to get her away from, you know, bringing up the, you know, mama's boy and some hurtful things. But that's because she did it for so many years and saw it worked for so long. She's going to put these hurtful things. But rather than her saying, you know, 20 or 30 hurtful things, she may say five. And I'm, I'm not kidding, maybe five. And uh, it was like down to like 10. Now it's down to like five. I'm hoping it'll go down to nothing. It'll be just the matter at hand. She's just going to argue about the legitimate uh, matter at hand and then be done and over with it. I don't think there'll be hurtful things um, later on. I really don't. But, you know, time can tell. That's that's all I can say. But uh, this episode did go on for 35 minutes. I do apologize for that. But I, I thought it was very important that I kind of give to you um, my experience and that it did work for me and it is still working for me and has worked for me. So give it a try. Like I said, you can't do the same thing all the time and expect a different result. You can't. Give it a try. Like I said, it's not going to work first, second, third, maybe not even fifth or tenth time. But keep giving it a shot. Like I said, it was less than ten times for me, and now it works effectively. Try to work what's effective. Give it a shot. What if you get to lose? Give it a try. Send me an email. Let me know how it worked for you. Uh, send me an email about anything. I'll give you my suggestions and, uh, and my experience. But anyways, like I always say, if you have somebody in your life with BPD, love them. Care for them and understand them as much as you can because they find it so hard to love themselves and they don't even understand themselves half the time. So love them and care for them. Good luck with your life. Happy life. Happy relationship. And thank you for listening.
You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.